You found the Love Flight Podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach, and I've been helping Nervous Flyers since 1997. So in this podcast, you are going to find aviation experts, psychologists, coaches, enthusiasts, and people normal, just like you, who have overcome their fears. Welcome. Welcome, Jenny, to the Love Flight Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I've been a, a fan of the podcast and the Facebook group for a little while, so I'm just so happy to be here. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Well, tell us all about yourself. We're keen to hear your story. What do you know? Yeah. yeah. A little bit about me. I'm a, a therapist as well as somebody who's had the experience of fear of flying. So I love to kind of combine the two uh, and, and tell people a little bit about what I've learned personally and then how I've used the things I've been trained in to also help myself, but then also help clients. I do. A, I am a therapist in the United States, uh, Minnesota specifically, and I, I have a practice uh, specifically treating anxiety disorders and OCD and specific phobias like okay. the finger flying. Cool. So my husband and I have done... Um, some some local like fear of flying workshops we live close to the airport here and right. he's yeah. a former pilot so we've uh kind oh, of paired up together yeah. yeah yeah it's been really so, fun uh, oh, i've got to ask this question right so did you become a therapist when you beat your fear of flight or did you have a fear of flight whilst you were a therapist did you become a therapist because you beat your fear of flight so, i'm just curious the order there because that's really interesting <laughs> that is a really good question so let me think back to kind of the dates of everything. I don't, so I started having the fear of flying, I think back in 2012. I was not yet a therapist. I had just completed graduate school. So mm. I'd been going to school and all that had that. And then it really wasn't until really, I think later, even as a therapist that I learned, you learned so many different things through school, but you don't really specialize anything. And then actually, once I became more of a specialist in anxiety and OCD, I started to go, oh my gosh, I totally understand like where I've gone wrong and helping myself with anxiety or things like that. So I didn't become a therapist because of it. I definitely was like kind of right in the crux of, uh, you know, having, having my first struggle with it and then pursuing yes. the field. Mm -hmm. So it really was unrelated. So what was the fear of flying about, if you don't mind talking a bit about it for you? Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was, um, it's always been concerns about the aircraft, of it crashing. Mm -hmm. That's been where my fear has been. And I remember it It first happened during my first international flight. It was, okay. I was pretty young. And like I mentioned, I had just finished graduate school. It was a stressful time of life, mm -hmm. just with a lot of change in my life. And as I've come to learn now that that's a really ripe time for people to experience anxiety disorders is because there's yeah. just other stressors happening in life and anxiety yeah, yeah. kind of clings, clings on to that period of time. So I was actually at the airport. It was my my husband, he was with my husband, who was not my husband at the time, but we were, you know, going through the stress of getting to the airport and all of that. And 
after we had gotten all checked in and everything, we sat down to eat some breakfast and I got like physically ill and I didn't even know why. I didn't actually have the thought that I was afraid. Mm. But later on, I as I was like, where did this fear of flying come from? Like it really didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But that was the first memory that I have of, mm. of something like kind of big uh, happening. And I believe what happened is that my just what anxiety does is it created an association that said, oh, you got sick there. That was anxiety and uh, clearly flying's mm-hmm. dangerous. So we should just be afraid of that. And <laughs> it kind of stuck around. But uh, so I, 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 that's what I've been able to come to just through my own looking yes. at because I, I don't and not that I flew a ton as a kid, but I, I don't really remember experiencing a lot of anxiety flying when I was younger. So yeah. And you didn't have Sorry, we lost this. I just met you, and I'm being personal, but uh, and there Please. wasn't any. You didn't have any other anxieties at all. That, that, that it was just this. You know, it came from this. You know, and you felt unwell, and then your brain sort of said, "Oh, ha ha, sphere flying." Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Crikey. So, so when you say you had the fear of flying, so how bad was it for you in terms of, you know, did did you avoid it? Did you or did you have special uh, strategies to, to help you cut what you know yeah so actually let me just ask a better question what was the impact <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i i feel really fortunate that i never stopped flying altogether but i wanted to like that that dread was really there and there were times like i remember um actually the year covid happened i had a, a flight planned and i remember being like sweet our trips canceled like it's yeah and kind of like relieved about it but um i never did stop and in fact i i think the reason i did it and i think the reason that i've not the impact hasn't been as great um as it could have been is the fact that the years following when that uh, when that anxiety and fear first started my then boyfriend was stationed in the military out of state and my uncle uh, was a pilot. And so I got to use, I had the opportunity to use his flight benefits to go travel and see my boyfriend while he was stationed away. And that was so important to me, right? Like mm-hmm. that was like, I I didn't care. Like I was getting on the plane to go see him. And then I had a couple other trips planned too. And I just was like very determined to, to yes. keep doing it. And I think it made the world of a difference. And mm-hmm. so- I still would have, because during that particular year, I think I had like in a few month period, multiple flights. I couldn't even tell you, maybe like a dozen within a few uh, months, just because I had layovers and a couple of trips planned that I had the experience of not even having any anxiety. And I was like, okay, facing your fear really works. (laughs) So so I knew that I had to keep flying, but throughout the years and then having kids and COVID, like there've been just times where I haven't been able to fly as frequently. Mm. And so the fear creeps in from time to time. I, yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm still fearful, but sometimes anxiety tries to, tries to rein me in. Yeah. So you use your own stuff to help yourself that might sound a bit. I really do. Yes. Sort your own head out. I did. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know right. about yeah. Lovefly. Uh, that would have been amazing. I didn't know about any programs that existed 10 years ago when this all first occurred. That would have been really nice to know. I kind of 
figured it out as I went. Yes, there's not so much. There is in the UK. There's been courses in the UK, airline sponsored courses for a long time, about 30 years. But in the US, it's there's not so much. There's lots of, um, excuse me, like therapists and stuff, but there's not so many places that offer actual courses. So, yeah, I can understand why it'd be quite hard. And also, you know, the US is so massive. But even right. a search term in to find that, you know, you're going to get all sorts of stuff come up on you. So, okay. So, so tell, tell us a bit then about your, the stuff that you do to help people. Because you said you're a therapist and you help mm-hmm. people. So, what, what are your, what's your disciplines or specialisms? Yeah. So, it, when I'm treating anxiety or OCD, I do a lot of um, what's called acceptance and commitment based therapy. as well as exposure-based therapy. So those the combination of the two are are like my primary methods of helping people. So really helping people face their fears in bite-sized pieces that feel manageable, also helping them relate differently to the scary thoughts that are happening in their mind. So those are kind of the two schools that I I come from. So that's great. Uh, So for people listening in, so without giving away the shock, it, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't work. I just say it. But how does that actually work? So if someone came to see you and they say, oh, I've got a, an anxiety or you know, whatever it is, how does the sort of the ACT or you know, how, how, how does it sort of work? How do you work out what to do with them? What, what sort of stuff would you do? Yeah. So, you know, part of the the first steps of working with somebody, I'm really trying to understand how their anxiety functions and what they do to mm-hmm. relieve the anxiety. It's it's really normal that when when we experience like a scary thought or a lot of anxiety that we do something to try to neutralize it or get rid of it. It doesn't feel good. And so I try to teach people about the cycle of it and where they're getting stuck in that cycle. And wow. then and then what are the steps, you know, to kind of get unstuck. And a lot of that is a, a willingness to get uncomfortable. So we're doing that from a behavioral approach by stop avoiding or start moving towards the things you're afraid of. And let's teach you some more effective ways of handling the anxiety when it shows up so that you don't have to run from it. Yes. You can keep pursuing the things you care about. Mm. Like one of the things that I had done on when I would fly a lot was pretend that I like wasn't even on the airplane like I would do everything I could to like you know close my eyes not look out the window listen to something else so that I like could just pretend like I'm in a different universe and that's Did it work? well yes and no yeah it, it would in the short run right it's kind of a band-aid fix but I was highly anxious throughout the most mm. the most part of it so I think it's it's a it's a coping technique, but it's not going to help you cure the fear. And in fact, I think it really robs you of your confidence and, and keeps keeps that fear really active. Because if we think about what the message that we're sending to our brain is, all right, if if I can't just like be alert and know that I'm flying on this plane, right, I'm telling myself this is clearly a dangerous place to be. And yeah. we know that that's not true logically. And so mm. we have to stop acting as if it's dangerous and then our yeah. brain will catch up to that yeah uh-huh. so uh so is your belief then that anybody could get over their anxieties 
or there's some people that just stuck with them. I do think that that everybody can get through them. I do think that it is very possible that people are going to still be maybe easily influenced to get triggered again. I Because I'm not standing here today saying I never experience anxiety when I fly again, but it's so much different. Mm. I know that when it shows up, it's like a brief cue and I go, oh yeah, of course I've got this stomach ache right now. Like, okay. And then that's it. I don't attach a scary story to it. I don't change my behavior to it. It's kind of like when I'm hungry, like I I feel it feel it in my body. Oh, I'm hungry. Okay, mm-hmm. go eat. So I, we we just treating the cues differently, you know, not as if it's an emergency or a, a warning sign. Mm. So the, the the stuff that happens to people, you you help them to almost rebrand it. You know? Yes. Yeah, this is not like something else actually, or it's or it's nothing at all. Nothing particularly significant it's just a thing so yeah. your belief is that anyone can be helped uh, so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about sort of the range of stuff that you do because oh the one of the things is have to be complete transparency anybody that comes to us and says oh you know can I, I'd like to help with all the rest of it I always say have you no problems because our thing is we try and curate as much stuff for people to come and find it but if people are out there and they want to help others and it's not, you, you're not operating the area we are and if it's when people like you they'll contact you and i think that's, that's great you know so uh, so just give so this is your talking sales brochure opportunity what sort of stuff do you deal with so you've got obviously fear of flying but uh give us the sort of range of your services and yeah how long will yeah. it take sure yeah so yeah, I mean, I do individual therapy yeah, for yeah. for people with a range of different anxiety disorders, um, as well as OCD. So I will, and I work virtually, so I only meet with people um, through telehealth. And so where I live, you know, you have to be licensed. Um, the therapist has to be licensed, you know, in particular states, and they can only work with people in those states. I don't know how it works in mm-hmm. um, in the UK, but. Mm. Um, so I can't work with anybody in the U.S. Um, I have to work with people only where I'm licensed. And so I'm licensed in Minnesota and South Dakota and Florida. Um, there's a couple other places that have like, um, like, uh, some brief kind of shorter term, uh, licensing things, but I have access to it at times. So you but... can't work. That's really interesting. So you've got this massive country, you're working virtually and even, and you can't then help somebody. So. Someone from California then gets hold of your details. Right. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, because in the UK, it's not like that. If you've got your license, so if you're registered with, you know, I don't know, the the BABCP, would you know, like in the UK, you can work anywhere in the UK. It's like, I mean, I know the UK is tiny compared to America, but I find that interesting. So, it, it's, so you'd have to be registered in all these different states. Right. Wow. Even right. though it's virtual. Even though it's virtual is right. Yep. They are making some changes ever since Mm -hmm. COVID. I mean, the, the states lifted, you know, during the emergency, what did they call that? Like the emergency uh, crisis time, they, they said, just, just work with people. It doesn't matter. Like these rules don't apply anymore. Just people, you know, are going back home or they're moving. They were like, Mm -hmm. 
just do what you have to do. And of course, now that's been lifted. But since then, there has been a movement with different licensing boards to allow for this. And my particular licensing board has not gotten there yet where it's like you can yeah. work with anybody, but different states are are starting to change. And that's been really promising. Yeah. Because that seems like such a shame, doesn't it? If you've, yeah. uh, particularly if you've, you know, you're doing, you're doing it well. Okay. So tell us, maybe give us a couple of sort of safe case studies then of people that, that you've helped and, you know, how long it's taken perhaps. Mm, okay. I mean, obviously, I don't want you to give away the details. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. there's a guy in Florida, and uh, we can. <laughs> right, right. I'll keep it very discreet here. Yeah, there's a man, but I can't tell you where, and it might not be a man. Uh, you know, <laughs> be as vague as you like. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Ever since I've been doing um, more fear of flying specific uh, services in my practice, it, I've. I've not necessarily done them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Well, I should say that. I work with so many people with different anxieties, but they're coming to me not for the fear of flying. They're coming to me with other things. And then the fear of flying is just kind of part of it. So okay. we've done, you know, local workshops and like courses where, you know, that's really for people who are seeking that out specifically. Mm. So, but that's not long-term or like individual work. So mm. So it's a little bit tricky to give you the the start and finish, but what I will, what I do with with people with fear of flying on a one on one basis would be very similar to what I do when I'm working individually. So, when somebody comes to me, like I mentioned, I'm really looking for helping them understand the cycle of anxiety and what's keeping yeah. them stuck. Because, yeah. like I mentioned, when I was like pretending like I wasn't really on an airplane. That was that was something that was fueling my fear over time. It was yeah. just a band-aid I was putting on the problem. It mm. was helping me cope in the moment, but it it really was it was still fueling the fear. Yes. So yeah. I'll help people understand that and really do a deep dive of how anxiety disorders get stuck. Mm. And then we'll map out their specific things because everybody's got a different fear, different triggers, and different ways they're responding to it. Yeah. And so really help people just understand where, how are you keeping your own fear stuck here and yeah. help you yeah. see the roadmap. Yeah. And and then talk a little bit about the different therapies. Like I mentioned, acceptance and commitment therapy, as well as exposure-based therapy and how we can use those pieces to build their own individual mm. plan to, to overcome their fear, whether that's flying or fear of yeah. throwing up or whatever it is. Mm. And so, yeah, so that's a little bit. So um, if it's an exposure-based approach, I'm, I'm working with people on coming up with baby steps to approach their fear. Anything that they can do to move towards it and to yes. get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's really yeah. what I'm trying to help people do, as exactly. well as... Teaching them how to not get absorbed in the scary stories, which I think is where the anticipatory anxiety mm. really gets people mm. is that. And I, and I see this a lot in the Facebook group. There's a lot of people going out there still flying, which is great and is perfect. But there's like, I still am dreading this flight, mm. you know, the days and the weeks leading up to it is because they're yeah. still really absorbed into the scary story. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's really interesting. I mean, that's. 
I was going to ask you something. Oh, it's gone now. What was I going to ask you, Jenny? It's gone out of my head. Oh, wow. It'll come. <laughs> uh, I was thinking actually about your courses. I think, you know, like, what made you decide to start running the, the workshops and that, you know, when you, when you, especially as you've got a spread of things that you, you help with. Yeah. Well, we haven't stopped the courses. We do still do them. But um, right now there's, you know, an in-person one that we do. It's really cool. We have, uh, we're really close to the airport here and we have mm -hmm. a trainer plane that we get access to. So it's oh, like nice. a fuselage, you know, it's actual plane that's not used anymore, but people can come in and can sit and we practice and we teach them our yeah. skills. And so we've really enjoyed that and yeah. and we'll, we'll continue to do that. And then we're also got an online course that people can then yeah. take if if they're not close to us. And that's where then we, that's where I found is to your point, like, gosh, how is it that you can't help all these other people? Well, that's why we also have the online course because people all over that need help. So the, the online course yeah. helps with that too. Yeah, as long as they're in the right state. Yeah. Well, with the online course, it, it's not therapy. So that's where we can, oh, you I know, see. so that's where we can help. I can do all the teaching, but I'm not being anybody's therapist in that case. Right. Okay. You're only being, um, you're being helpful in a different sort of way. That's what, it's, it's so interesting, is it? Because it's like, it's almost like semantics because <laughs> you say, you know, like, so if someone gets evaluated, you know, they say, you know, I, I went on the course, but it wasn't therapy, it was a course. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right. So, honestly, I've, I didn't realize that about the US. That's, that's really interesting. And that probably explains why certain therapists aren't like, haven't gone massive because they're kind of working in a certain area. That, that's mm -hmm. all. Yeah, understood. So, so in these courses, when you do the sort of the, the ones in that little trainer aircraft thing, how many people do you bring along and um, how long's the day? You know, give us the sort of the nuts and bolts of it. So people who are listening, maybe in your area, think, oh, fancy side of that. Because, you know, we're not over there. It'd be quite nice to be able to. Yeah. People who are near you who are thinking, oh, maybe I need some help. She sounds nice. Maybe we're going to see her. That would be great. <laughs> so, you know, we've, we've offered it a couple of different ways. So one where it's just like a brief afternoon of going and it's just us sitting in the aircraft. They're asking questions. They're, you know, it's really casual and informal. Mm -hmm. um, and we can have probably, I mean, we really can have any number of people because, I mean, there's only so many people that can be on the plane. I don't remember what the max seats that they have. It's, it's not huge. But we have a huge room within where that plane is. So like people can kind of come and go. It's def definitely not like a something we have to limit but um yeah so we've also done where we're so where it's just casual we kind of come in and, and we experience it and people just kind of get the feeling of being through yes. the airport because people actually have to go through security um even to get there and so it's such mm -hmm. a great opportunity for people who because you don't get to practice just walking through the airport and going through security just you know without a ticket so it's such yeah. a cool uh, opportunity that people get to come with us kind of on this exclusive pass to practice. Again, this is an mm. exposure opportunity to face your fear, but you're not actually going anywhere. So yeah. it's a it's a nice step. And so yeah. uh, we do some of our teaching right there then too of the workshop. You know, if, if we didn't do it, if they didn't do it online with us, we would do it right mm -hmm. there then as well. So 
So they're with you. That's, I mean, that's great. That's like, I like the fact that it's quite relaxed and you know, can just wander around and stuff. When they're with you, it's, what sort of stuff do you take them through over the day? So we go through our education process, um, kind of like I described here, where we talk about like, what is anxiety? What's fear of flying? Yeah. How does fear get stuck? Mm. We talk about some of our our tools to help people, right? Once, once we tell people, all right, here's what you should stop doing because it's fueling your fear. We then go, here's what you can do instead. Something yeah. to, yeah. again, start being able to sit with the discomfort more mm. effectively. And then we also, it's not my part of it, it's my husband, right? He gives a lot of the the, the teaching and the overview about how yeah. aircraft works for those who have the concerns about flying. Mm. Um, and he can just, he'll, he'll go over some basics of turbulence and safety and things like that. But then also people just have a lot of questions. So just being able to um, field questions is, it's always funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm like thinking like all right i'm a good therapist i'm teaching good things here and then but like whenever we're done people are like oh you're talking to your husband was so helpful i get him like what about me <laughs> i know oh i can tell oh honestly this sounds like that for me because i ran, used to run the courses i you know they'd i'd say to the end you'd have a room full of people and they'd say i say what's the best bit i'll hear from the pilot yeah <laughs> well yeah great yeah thanks yeah think, you know i'm i'm like you know doing cartwheels around the room trying to get them engaged you know the pilot comes on says turbulence is safe well, oh, I'm right i love it the pilot said that you know i didn't know about the backups so, you know so good yeah but you know it's exactly that because i think there's always that psychological and technical isn't there? So even if it's they think it's technical there's still a psychological and vice versa so you've got to do the package right Right. Does it cause any marital problems that, you know, that he's getting more praise than you? Is that, <laughs> anything you want to talk about? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. Yeah, I just yeah. want to have this praise. Yeah, exactly. No, I think there there is, I suppose people don't get a chance to just talk to a pilot. And it's right. not that you can't, because there's nearly always somebody in your social circle or a, bit, a few removed, but talking to them, if they're not geared up to thinking about you as a nervous flyer, they'll just like do job talk, you know, or they won't they won't necessarily think about it. You say, Oh, you know, how safe is it? Yeah, it's all right, yeah. And uh, you want a little bit more clarity around that because they're just thinking about their job, they're not thinking see, so you to, to talk to a professional pilot who's used to speaking to nervous flyers is a really rare thing. So it sounds like quite a nice little thing you've got going there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And He's actually now an anxiety therapist uh, as well. So he actually is not even in aviation anymore. But it, uh, so he's, it's ba cool. he's basically taking your lunch as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just a takeover. <laughs> you know what I mean? You go and get your pilot's license and then you can get Great. your <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good. I mean, one of our um, speakers is also a hypnotherapist, but he I always okay. say to him, I don't, yeah, I don't want you to use that stuff, but it's just fact. It's useful because it gives him a bit of perspective, and he's got a little bit of understanding about the psychological side of it. You know, I think you did. You do need a bit of both, don't you? Oh, sounds like mm -hmm. a really good thing. So, how do people? Now, let's do. Let's give us some sort of advice. Then, so if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, "Oh, you know, I've, I'm really struggling with this. 
what's the what are the steps that you'd advise they do? Yeah, whether they came to you or not, what what's the sort of the generally the process that, that they need to do? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that somebody needs to do is for one, start with why you want to travel, right? Why is it important? Because it's a good to anchor to that because if you're going to face your fear, it's going to be hard. And mm-hmm. so it's important to to know why you're doing it because when yeah. things get tough, you, you got to have a reason to keep pushing through it. And yeah. so I, I think that's just a baseline, really important. And I think it's okay. You know, I was kind of talking about, you know, these band-aid coping skills I was using and that's fine like if you I feel like do what you have to do to just fly even if it's medication like I I'll help people if whether they're taking medication or not it doesn't matter but like you've whatever it takes to still fly good and then we can work on removing some mm-hmm. of the like unhelpful stuff as you go but if flying is important let's just get you on the plane let's do what we got to do yeah um But I think like never stop learning about whether it's anxiety or about, you know, if if the mechanics of the plane sport and like keep learning, don't give up because I, you know, there are something is going to sink in eventually. Mm -hmm. So I I think those pieces are important. But like if I were to give some other like kind of technical tips, you know, I mentioned like anticipatory anxiety is just such a, a big struggle for a lot of people. I think we got to be able to catch it when it's happening. You know, one of the analogies I like to give is that, you know, when I get triggered by my fear of flying, there's there's a very specific image that comes up. Like it is so vivid and detailed. And it's like watching a scary movie. It's one yeah. that you've created, unfortunately. But um, and if you think about it, if I'm sitting down to watch a horror movie in my living room and I got my popcorn, like I could literally get scared, even though I know that it's not real. It's because I'm so absorbed into it. Mm. These filmmakers are so good at, yes. you know, provoking emotion. That's their job, right? That it feels real. But if I have that on and I'm like scrolling through my phone or I'm getting up to go wash the dishes or doing stuff, I'm not getting as scared. Why is that? Well, mm. my attention isn't as absorbed into that scary mm. story. And so I, what happens, you know, with anticipatory anxiety is when you're not flying yet, but you know it's coming, you start getting more absorbed into that scary story. And you've got all the time in the world to do that. Yes. You're you're just sitting at home absorbed into it and you're letting it happen. But once you're flying or you're just about to you know get on your flight you know you're packing you're going through security you're finding your seat like you're you're not able to have your attention so absorbed into the scary story because you're having to pay attention to the task in front of you and so i say that as a way for people to understand that you do have some control over this this um absorption into your scary story you gotta catch it and know that you know Oh, there I am going in that scary story again. I don't have to watch this. I'm yes. going to come back and do this thing that I was doing before this thought came up. Yeah. And and pivot your attention constantly. And you have to do it constantly because your brain has been so conditioned mm. to warn you and to try to protect you and to think that this is scary that Yes. you know, it's going to keep doing that for a while. Mm. No, that's a very good point actually. So we if you think about somebody who's kind of come along 
but they want to beat it, but they feel quite resistant. How long do you think it takes for them? How many sessions is it typically to sort of crack them? If that's the right phrase. Mm. Ooh, okay. Everybody comes in at such a different mm. point of suffering that I think that that makes such a difference. Um, You've already said the right answer, Jimmy. Good. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'm always nervous the ones that say, I can cure your fear in three sessions. And I oh, always yeah. think, oh, hello. So where's the responsibility? You know? So even the fact you just said that, I find very reassuring because I, I think it's a, it's a depends, isn't it? It really does. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I mean, I can tell you how long it tells it is for me to like tell you all the information I know, but to put it into practice, it, yeah. there's just so many variables. Yeah. So um, I don't know if this is relevant or not. So it's not, just tell me to sod off. But the, you know, what's the quickest you, you see being able to see somebody get over it versus the longest? What, what's the sort of like, you know, I'm just curious, you know, just be out of nosiness, really. I don't know if I could answer that. I don't, because I don't know. For one, if I've like cured somebody really quickly, like they're not necessarily coming back to tell me, like they're off living their life. <laughs> <laughs> so if they're still struggling, yeah, I so- might be. <laughs> I might be still working with them. That's only you need like, to help them a help bit me. less, don't you mean? It's not going to help your yeah. revenue stream if you help them too quickly. So you sort of say, I'm going to give you half your help today and then, you know, come back for some more. No, I'm joking. Yeah. We have to be ethical, don't we? Yeah. No, I always think yeah. that as well. If they get, if they get what they need in a couple of sessions, then that's fantastic, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I mean, and what about I, the longest I then? Do... Can you think of anyone that's taken a long, really long time where they've had to overcome quite a lot or they've just been... If that, that's because that secondary gain thing gets in the way, doesn't it? When people sort of uh, they want to, but they don't want to. They want to, but they don't want to. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, people can be stuck for years. Um, really. Um, yeah. So it, it, I think it really depends. It can be. It can be anywhere in the middle. Somebody could get better after I've met with them for six sessions. I think anything less than that's pretty unrealistic. But you know. And what does success look like? I think everybody's definition of that's different too. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, for some people, and I think a lot of people like that are part of the low fly community would say that too. Like they feel like they're successful and that they're still flying. They get anxiety. And I, I would consider myself in that camp too. Like I'm still flying. Like I, I'd, I'd say I'm good, but like, then you might have people go, well, no, that's not good enough. I need to like not have any anxiety, which I think is a dangerous expectation by the way. Yes. Um, Anytime we fight anxiety, the stronger it wants to stick around. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I like that. So, tell us how they could find you. So, if they, someone thinks, oh, I like the sound of this Jenny person, um, especially when I meet the husband, and I'm joking. Uh, so, <laughs> how, how do they? How do they? How do they track you down? What's the best, what's the best contact? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram. People can follow me there. State of mind therapy. There's yeah. a little like period after each word, but I think if you just type in state of mind therapy, I'll still show up. State um, of mind therapy. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And then state of mind therapy.com is, uh, my website. I have a lot of, um, free resources on my website for, you know, fear of flying for anxiety in general, OCD. So, um, definitely invite people to check that out if they just want to get their hands on a bunch of free material yeah. that 
we put out there, that's a, a great spot um, to start. And uh, of course, if they're in Minnesota or South Dakota um, and they want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, they certainly could um, nice. schedule a, con a consult call through that website. But um, nice. yeah, our uh, our digital course will be reworked and available soon for people so they can jump on our wait list for that too through the website. Awesome. Tilly Matthews, that was great. Thank you very much. Was that all right for you? Did you, get everything, did you say everything you wanted to say? I just thought it was, um, I really respect the fact that you came through to us and because we've had a couple of people come on and then they've, they've targeted people secretly and mm. sort of said, oh, you know, I'm a therapist coming and, and I'd rather they were just up front like you've been, come on the podcast, give some value, which you've done. And then people say like, what do you do? They can come and find you, you know, if it's in the area. So thank you for doing it in such a respectful way and, um, and, and for giving your time and sharing a little bit of your expertise and insight into this sphere of fly. And also the fact that you've been there as well. So that gives you that kind of empathy. So that was really, really nice. So thank you. Well, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'd, I'd love to, like I said, when I reached out, give any trainings or anything that might be helpful. Um, yeah. Be happy to come back again. And if there's anything specific that could be thank useful. You. Thank you very much, Jenny. Well, Jenny's in the, the Love Fly Facebook group as well. So uh, you can, uh, you might see her pop up occasionally. So, but we'll, we'll, when we release the podcast, we'll also put contact details on there. So if you want, if you liked the sign of what Jenny's offering, then, uh, you know, please give her a shout. But thank you so much. It's been great to meet you. Thank you. You too, Paul. Look forward to seeing you in the group. Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying. Now, if you do need some extra tailored help, you can go to our website, lovefly.co.uk and click on the courses button. You'll find more help there, such as our 30-day program and our on-demand webinar. Thanks again. See you next time.